feel like hands and heels and you know you've gone gone? How do you feel? How do you feel? Welcome to Wolf Den's Saturday session. Your inside look at all the critical moments in the den and the great game on a Saturday. Blue Diamond Stakes Saturday and the grand final for two-year-olds in Melbourne. However, a grand final win isn't enough for whoever wins. They will more than likely want to win a Super Bowl, which is better known as the Golden Slipper. And beyond that, there are so many other races we need to cover. The lads are ready to dig in, fight hard all day, and come out winning. All right, boys, one of the biggest days of the year, Blue Diamond Stakes Day. How are we feeling? We're feeling ready. We're feeling ready to rip right into these bookies. I'm actually feeling quite calm today. I've been fired up the last couple of weeks. So I am fired up, but I've got a calmness about me. I'm really, really confident I think I'm going to win today. Excellent. Yeah, long day in front of us. So much elite racing. Mm. Um, we've got a lot of great bets, don't we? So I love Blue Diamond Day because it's really, for me, it signals, signals the start of the autumn. True. The big guns are back. I love Caulfield. Dream Team, how are you doing, buddy? I'm very good, thank you. Yeah, pumped for a big day. Yeah, it should be good. Uncle Mal, we can't see you, but you are over there and you're off the reserves bench. You're up in first grade. Are you, are you ready for it, mate? Yeah, ready to go, mate. Great to be here. Last weekend of summer, but the racing is heating up. So here we go. Let's go. Kingsland, I want to have a little bit of a chat with you about yeah, how mate. you handle things today. First off, where are you betting today? What venues? Where am I betting? That's um, wherever the race is on is exactly where I'm betting. So we've got uh, a feast of meetings at Ascot. We've got Caulfield. We've got Doombin. We've got... Gold Coast Poly. Then we go to Gosford, my old hunting ground. We've got Morpherville. We've got Orange. We've got Rose Hill. We've got Rocky. We've got Tunk Curry. And we've got Yarra Glen. So all my bets, my definite bets are on these sheets. Then I'll be having other bets that I throw in as well. So all in all, there's probably 10, 12 meetings. We've got WA later on. I'll be having 10 or 12 bets during the day at probably each meeting. So in excess of 100, 120 bets, I'll be having fixed odds uh, during the day. Also monitoring totes and betting on Betfair. And uh, with that much turnover betting, you must get yourself in some pretty bad positions at particular times. What's your attitude when you get yourself in a bad hole? I just head down. I don't really think about it. I don't really want to know how I'm going on the day, whether it be winning or losing. My job is to ex execute this properly. So my job is to get the right price for, for the bets that I've had, not miss any. And when you're betting on that many meetings, you really got to be in the zone. You've got to be concentrating fully for the whole day, um, which is, you know, an eight-hour day. So... Take your foot off the pedal for a minute and, and you miss something, cost you money, you might miss a price or you might miss a winner and uh, really adds up at the end of the day. So you really got to be switched on. You get pretty tired at the end of the day? Oh, yeah, but I'm used to it. I've been doing it for so long now and I, I love it. But, yeah, it is tiring because the, the concentration uh, is the thing and the computer, my eyes aren't the best as, as you can probably see. <laughs> and they sort of they start wobbling around by race eight. <laughs> Especially if I know I'm losing, they start wobbling. But no, I just it is what it is. You just just put your head down, you do what you do, and the, you can't change your results. Yeah, and you must need a lot of tools at your fingertips there. You've got a pretty pretty nice setup there. You've got the three screens. Just give yes. us a brief description of what's going on at your computers. Uh, a lot of these got. screens are corporate bookmakers. So I, this one's dynamic odds where I'm monitoring Betfair. I'm also monitoring the tote movements. And these ones are filled up with uh, corporate bookie screens yep. where I'm betting with basically majority, especially the bigger ones, uh, corporate bookies, betting with them all. Monitoring the totes. We've got Whirlpool on races 7 to 10 today down at Caulfield. So that'll be interesting to see how big the pools are. So I'll be monitoring that later on in the day as well. But whatever's going on, market uh, movers and all that sort of thing, I'm trying to do what I can. But when you're betting on that many meetings, I probably bet on too many meetings. But it's the name of the game. We've got to back winners. We've got to turn over money to win. So let's do it. We kick off with Caulfield Race 4, the Zedative Stakes, 1,200 metres, Group 3, and for three-year-olds. 
Brave Me carries the weight of being the King's Zone's best bet of the day and also top weight of 58.5 kilos. And history says that's too much weight. There's only one horse in the last 20 years has won the race with 58.5 kilos. King's Zone, we're starting with one of the most important moments in the day. Brave yeah, Me, your best bet down at beautiful Caulfield. What have you done with it and how is it looking in the market at the moment? Uh, Brave Mead has been absolutely smashed in betting, officially 260 into 225, but I chimed in on Thursday. I took 320 and $3 um, after I tipped it on the Saturday set and also put it out on the den at $3. I chimed in. It's into 225. The only other horse there's been any money for at all is number nine, Rayoki, which goes forward. It's been 11 into 950. So. I'm just hoping that uh, we can get across, Shinny can get across and get the job done. Well, it's not what we wanted, is it? Rainoki straight to the front. He's getting going. Yeah. <laughs> Come going. on. Come on, brave me. Just, just be, be better. Too good. Just be better. Just be too good. Can't, Shinny. Come on. Light it up, Blake. Light it up. <clears throat> Leaders. Come on, Shinny. Come on. Pick up. Pick up. No. This is the one that was money for, King. Oh. Uh... Jeez, that's heartbreaking. <sighs> Just shows how hard it is to make ground, which I spoke about on the Saturday set at Caulfield as well. I think that's three races or four races today and four on-pace horses have won there. Yeah, look, he's a big, strong, robust horse and surprised me how well he jumped. He, he was really got off to a flyer and found a beautiful breathing rhythm, stuck the top there and was able to control the tempo and never at any stage did he feel like he was going to get beat. Are you looking over the right shoulder at all as Brave Mead might have entered the corner of your eye? Well, I was surprised he sort of wasn't up there eyeballing me, but um, I'm not sure what happened to him. I just rode my bloke and, like I said, he's just real professional for a lightly raced horse and exciting to see what the future holds for him. Rosiel, race four, the silver slipper, 1,100 metres, group two and for two-year-olds. It's the Gay and Adrian show again. Straight charge in espionage, Quinella, the first series two-year-old race of the season of the Breeders' Plate back in late September, and they completely dominate the betting here. The mail around town is that espionage is as good as Stormboy, but the market has made the other Waterhouse runner straight charge favourite. Dream Team, intriguing race coming up at Rose Hill here. Do you think it'll have an influence on the Golden Slipper this race? There's obviously some very good colts in it. Yeah, it could for sure. Uh, straight, uh, straight charge money has come for it, and it does have, um, yeah, it does have form around some of the, the better horses. Trialed really well. Uh, it's amazing. There's two massive tips. You're either, you've either got the espionage tip or the straight charge tip. I'm in the espionage <laughs> camp. Yeah. Yeah. Have you? Yeah. yeah. So um, it's the firmer of the two. Uh, celerity actually is of a roughies about $10 is nice and firm and so is Embassy. So, yeah, it's a very interesting race. What are you seeing with the track pattern at Rose Hill, Dream Team? Uh, look, a little bit of uh, overnight rain has softened it up and um, they are coming down the middle of the track. So uh, it's good to see. You don't get that very often in, in Sydney or most places really. Yeah, sort of like sitting wide is actually okay today. Mm -hmm. Do you adjust some of your bets based on that? Uh, I do. Like that Belvedere boy in the second was a bet for me and because it mapped so well, um, had a bit more on basically. So um, yeah, don't normally add too many bets because we're quite busy in here but when we do like one and the pattern sort of lines up you sort of chip in and chip up so a little bit. So you adjust your stake more so than I do, yeah. will you pen bets ever if it's leaderish and, and uh, you're on a back marker will you pen it completely or just reduce the stake? Depends if the if the price 
goes out, then I'll sort of might I might back it then. But if it stays short and it's on the wrong part of the track, I'll probably let those ones go. Well, the way Nash. the track's playing, it's probably not suiting espionage. Do you think, Matt? No, not or really. Right? No. Nash, Nash got a big hole on espionage. Yeah. Look at these speedsters. Yeah. Yeah, I guess from that position, Nash can now get off the fence. He's not settling espionage. Not at all espionage. No. no. That's the problem when you want to get to the centre of the track. The horses have to do something a bit different. Yes. It's not a happy wow, horse. Wow, there's pace on. Look at this. Waterhouse, bone and muscle. Yeah. Straight has kicked. Whoa. Wowee. It is sticking, but not making ground. What do you think, Matt, there in that race? Espionage wouldn't really settle. What do you, how far do you think that costs a, or how much energy does a horse use up when it won't do that, in your opinion? Yeah, well, I think on like a, a fast track, if you let it slide, it could probably run four or five sort of lengths quicker, I'd say. Wow. In that regard. That's big. From a time rating point of view, you could see Nash probably had in the back of his head, I'll, if I take a sit, then I can angle a bit wider. And that takes quite a lot of momentum out of the horse. So both those Waterhouse horses went fantastic. Espionage wouldn't settle. Straight charge was obviously super impressive. Mm. I think all that can do is make Stormboy get out of the market. That, that was pretty impressive for Silver Slipper. They're, they're, they're both right in the, uh, in the Golden Slipper. Yeah, yeah. Well, we'll see. We'll see. Like, do, does Espionage have the ability to sort of settle or is it just a – does it need to just run? Mm. Um, that's a big question you have to ask. What time they run as well? We need the figures, Richard. felt that if, if anything, today it was where he's going to be probably most vulnerable, but um, – He's just got um, just an abundance of speed. But he, um, he come back to me nicely when I asked him and, and sort of rested around the bend. And I, I was confident that he'd, uh, he'd get through the ground from what he'd shown at home. And we come here um, thinking that that's the sort of performance we wanted to see from him. And um, no, it was excellent to get the result. Gay was pretty adamant that I stick with this bloke um, pre-Christmas. And then, um, again, leading into this prep, she so... Um, yeah, it's sort of, uh, I try and lean on them a lot and and um, they've been right most of the time. Yeah, he's been excellent. Um, you know, he's always shown that sort of natural natural brilliance. So good to see him bring it back today off, you know, obviously a setback there, last preparation. Um, yeah, he's he, he's done it in great order. I, I think he enjoyed that little bit of cut in the ground today. Um, that may have just sort of, you know, ultimately been the difference between the, the two Colts and, and that sort of, you know, the grounding of that racing preparation. But uh, very proud of both of them. But uh, obviously the, the winner was uh, very, very impressive. So the plan with both of them going forward? Yeah, they're, they're both on the exact same path now. They'll, uh, they'll both line up in, in, in the Todman um, two weeks' time, 1,200 metres, uh, and that should have them both fit and ready for, for grand final day in the slipper. Caulfield Race 6, Peter Young Stakes, 1,800 metres, Group 2, wait for age. The Tiakau Tangerine Army has arrived in this race. Campionessa Lodge from New Zealand after a very close second last start to probably the best horse in New Zealand, Legado. The bookies put her up $4 in this race and the punters have come hard for her. Melbourne Cup winner Gold Trip went up favourite. He showed a dazzling turn of foot when fresh last start in the Turnbull. And if he's anything like that today, Campionessa and the rest of the field are in trouble. Hey Kingston, I was looking at your form earlier and you've got Gold Trip a real strong bet. Mm. But you seem to be not that confident. The market doesn't seem to be that confident with Gold Trip either. Mm. Well, I'm confident, but the market's against me. And that's what I said on the Saturday set, that I thought Gold Trip would be easy. First up, quite a bit of weight. Uh, 1,800, not the ideal distance. But I just thought he was the best horse in the race. So uh, I have waited on the price. I've taken 320, which I'm happy about. I've reduced my bet slightly because I'm betting to win a certain amount. So I haven't gone, uh, I haven't gone full ball, but I certainly have had a good bet. 
Early, the market really took shape with Campionessa firming into about 280. Foxy Cleopatra's been really well backed as well, about 750 into 550. There's been money for unusual culture. They pretty much backed every runner apart from the roughies to beat Gold Trip, but he's found his price now and he's pretty solid around that 320 mark. 310 top flock with the bookies. All right, they're starting to click up. Yeah. Drop the bit a little bit, chasing him up. Campionessa needs some luck here. Campionessa needs luck. Camp, camp. Yeah, he's out. Camp Come on, the trooper. Let's go, Mark. Come on, the trooper. Come on, pick up. Ooh, Campionessa gets a little break on the inside. Pick up. Fire up. Bound declares there. Oh, come on, gold. Sure, come, come on, gold. Drops off. Nah. No, come no, on, no, gold. No. Troop. Too oh. much work. Bound declare. Oh, oh. Kevin Essa. Kiwi Bob. nose down. Sure. Kevin Essa. Another one for your your man Tiaka. The tan Tangerine Army. They're on fire. Very impressive. Plenty in front of Campion Essa. Yeah, I wasn't sure pre-race if we were going to lead or box seat. Um, eventually did box seat and um, it was just a matter of biding our time at that stage and waiting for the gaps to come. Fortunately the gap did come and um, she gave a really good kick. I thought we were going to win quite comfortably at that stage and then I think being first time at Caulfield probably just hit the front and had a bit of a look around so it wasn't until Van de Clare come again and um, she found that little bit extra. Mick even said, gee, I might even end up leading today. And I said, oh, if you do, just go slow. But he, he summed it up well. And full credit to the mayor. She only got here uh, Wednesday night, so she hasn't been here long. Wow. And yeah. do you march on to an Australian Cup at 2,000 metres or do you keep under that 2,000 metre range? My, my gut feeling, don't ever make decisions race day, but my gut feeling will probably come back to a mile. The Sunline Stakes at Mooney Valley, and there's a Group 1 in Sydney called the Queen of the Turf Perfect. Stakes. Uh, so that's my gut feeling on today. Mark, am I right? Did Imperatrice gallop today, and were you going to make some decisions on her today? Yeah, so she went a little bit of three-quarter pace this morning, so she'll race uh, on the 9th of March, either in Melbourne, depending on the weights in the new market. Uh, so if the handicap is kind to her, she may race there, or she'll race in Sydney and the Canterbury Stakes the same day. Well, that's big news. Yeah, that is huge. And Mark, just quickly, if Racing Victoria dangled a little carrot for an all-star mile, would she run there? Uh, Campanessa? Oh, Campanessa. Uh, hmm. I d don't think the time of the race would suit. Okay. Caulfield Race 7, the Futurity. 1,400 metres, Group 1, wait for age. Every time Mr Brightside races now, he's in two races. The race to become Australian Horse of the Year and the race he's in. His run in the CFO two weeks ago was so tenacious he scared off a lot of other runners in today's Wait for Age showdown. That's what Wait for Age stars do. If he wants to be horse of the year, he can't afford to lose today. Another short price favourite, the King's Own. How are you going to handle it, mate? Uh, yeah, it was $1.50 and I thought it was about the right odds. And I wasn't that keen, but Mr Brightside's eased out mainly on Betfair. Bookies have been really solid around one fifty. I secured $1.63 on Betfair and that was good enough for me to step in. I've also backed Hey Fat Cat each way at 40 to 1. So I've had two bets in the race, haven't gone crazy. Uh, but if I'm ever looking something like a horse to steady the ship, it's Mr B. He is a champ, isn't he? I can't wait to watch him. And uh, Nugget, Buffalo River Nutrition, all been a little bit of support for them around the $12 mark. So I do think... Mr. Brightside's a little vulnerable. The They've mark. all been very solid, actually. Nugget, Buffalo, River, who gets uh, gets the lead 
without prior to Jenny annoying him today and uh, Attrition, who's first up. Yeah, they're all pretty solid in the market. And Pericles as well, um, who may push forward. He's around the $11 mark. I'm really excited about this race. Let's go. Did he jump today? Came out lovely. Yeah, he came out. Came out humming. He's in his stalking position, Mr. Brightside. He's got mm. cover. It's where exactly where he was when he won first up. Willow staying positive on him. Here he comes. Trying to pinch it here on Buffalo River. Yeah, yeah it's not a bad move. You've got to get a long way away Nearly from Mr. Got him last if you time. want to win. All right, Mr. B, here we go. The blue, Pericles, Pericles, Pericles going fight. good. Come on, Mr. B. <clears throat> Finish off, Mr. Consistent. B. Just far too good. How good is he? Wow. He's very good. So consistent. Great run, Pericles. Mr. Brightside, just too good. Great to see. Bring on the All-Star Mile. There are the Hayes boys. Great run, Pericles. I agree. Huge run. But how consistent is he? First or so, that's 11 in a row he's run first or second. Is it, is it his ability to put himself in the race, Kings? The, the tactical speed that he's got a little bit? He looks under pressure a bit sometimes, doesn't he? But he just keeps attacking the line. He's always sits third, fourth or fifth. Does put himself into the right spots for sure. It's not like he's out in front. He's always got to chase him down and he just knuckles down, doesn't he? And he really attacks the line. The Caulfield 1400, regardless of the race shape and who's in front of you, who's behind you and who's coming after you, he just gets it done every time. What about today? No, you summed up perfectly, Nigel. Um, but I can only ride the horse I've got. I've got so much faith and confidence in him and it's probably easy too when you see his record and what he can do. But when, when Ben, JD, Will Hayes get here and they tell me where the horse is, they've got such a great handle on him. Even Willie Strapper, um, so it makes my job really easy. And you know, I guess we're all putting Mr. Brightside under pressure, but um, Mr. BS is just an amazing horse. He's a great athlete, and um, he's got no BS in him, and he's just a killer. He's a he's a winner, and he's a pleasure to ride. How would you compare that effort with what he did in the All Fresh? Better. It was. Uh, I know it was a bit more grueling first up, but um, it, it was more dominant performance. Just looking at the ground, shaking your head, going, "What a champion!" And he's he's in that realm now. Yeah, well and truly. Uh, just, it's so humbling every time we're the ones that get to put a saddle on him because when he can just go out and do those sort of um, run those sort of races, it's just yeah, you're gobsmacked every time. What does the next couple of weeks look like for him before a return here to try and defend his All-Star Mile crown? Well, they, they were two pretty hard races, so he'll be going back to the Waterwalker and the Day Paddocks up at Lindsay Park and getting his head down for some well-earned grass. Caulfield Race 8, the Blue Diamond Stakes, 1,200 metres, Group 1 and for two-year-olds. The Blue Diamond often sits in the shadow of the Golden Slipper, but this year is different. It's a deep, talented field, and whoever wins today will rock up right up near the top of slipper betting and will then have the daunting task of taking on the generational talent that is Storm Boy. How good's this race going to be? King's own Spywire. Big go. You tipped it at about 30, 40 to 1 on Thursday. It's uh, hard in the market, $19 now. Yeah, it is. It's been well backed. Uh, I just had a big crack at 26 and 21. Uh, the other horse, which I'm still getting on, is number 14. Those are my two bets. Kyra and Angie, I'm, going to, I'm taking about 16 to 1 hit. Um, I'm still betting at the moment, so I'm a little bit flat out. Uh, <laughs> Matty, what are you on? Anisa. Anisa is the 12. I think it was a pretty good run last start. And uh, I think $14 is a good price to find out. Yeah, and the two favourites, very well supported as well. Coleman into about 350. Lady yep. Camelot, well supported. It's a great betting race, and it's an even better actual race. Let's go to war. Look at Spywire. Days kicking up, won't give up yeah. the fence. Hieronymus. Anisa's up there, third, wow. Kyronagi, fourth fence. Yeah. 
What a difference a run makes, eh, yeah. with Anisa. So Anisa's two lengths in front of Coleman. Kayagi's beautiful run up the fence fourth. Keep going, Johnny Allen. High octane Benny also Mellon a great very stalking spot. Cons by wire. Gay. Gay, hit the front. Still gay. Hey, Sugi Lake. Yeah, hey, Sugi Hey, Asubi. Jamie. Big run last start, Hey, Asugi. He's yeah. four wide with no cover. Still no blue diamond for Gay, though. Even the last two starts, they've been super and she's won well, but I just didn't know how. Like, she just gives you a nice enough feel on the turn and she just finds 10 lengths. Don't know how. And today she gave me a nice feel. I thought she'd run on well and she wins. It's just... She's just so tough. So tough. Jamie, congrats. February's been a good month for new jewellery. It's been fantastic. Almost as good as my ring. Rose Hill Race 8, the Hobartville Stakes. 1,400 metres, Group 2 and for three-year-olds. This should actually be called the Randwick Guineas Prelude because that's where most of this field is heading. Whoever wins this will move right up close to favouritism with militarised in the Randwick Guineas. Dream Team Tom Kitten goes around in this race with Nash on board. Are you a Tom Kitten fan? I am in general, but like for mine, out at sort of 1,600 and further. Today is second up 1,400 and um, it's going to give them a bit of a start. So, mm. yeah, I'll, I'd be against it at the $3 for sure. It's a pretty hot field too. Kingzone, have you done anything in the race? Yes, of course I've bet. I'm on uh, NCAP at... Uh, $7.50 and $7.00. I think that he'll be really suited by the way the track's playing down the middle. Hopefully he can get a bit of cover. Um, and also, back to Ruffy flying trapeze. I've had a peanut on at about 50 to 1. All right, Tommy uh, Tommy Kitten's back second last awkward. Sort of, can he get it back to get a ride home? That's what he's looking for here, isn't he? Yeah, really? he is. NCAP in a nice position coming in. Where's NCAP? Yeah, third. third. Oh, wow, closer than I thought. Lay Von Pia leads him up. Tom's travels well, it angles does. to Nash the centre. pretty confident. Is he going to get to the He's going to get to the Has nice he hit a flat spot? I think he has. Trying Here's to get out. Cap. Come on, Cap. Fire up. Come on, Ports. Come on, Cap. Come on, Cap. The Come on, suspect form. Legend, Celestial Legends. Oh, yeah. Les, the Mark no, I was on tip. a last start. Don't, not again. Yeah. Jesus, wow. is a mock this Saturday sessions. <laughs> Bridge and Portelli Another fight it second. out. Yeah, wow, a lot we... of people thought that was going to come that well, I was on Celestial Legend last time. There he is, Les. There was a huge tip around for it last week, wasn't there, Kings? Yeah, there was. It was a lot of people's horse to follow out of the spring. They'll be dancing in Redfern tonight. They will Another be. Another second. The Redfern Express tipped it on the uh, on his podcast. Oh, did he really? He did. Wow. Yeah, I asked him what was the one... One three-year-old that you want to fill out of the spring and he said Celestial Legend. And there you go, $9. Caulfield Race 9, the Oakley Plate. 1,100 metres, Group 1 handicap. Our three favourites are all chasing one thing, a maiden Group 1 win. For King's Gambit, that would mean a huge valuation as a stallion prospect. For Asfura, it would be vindication in trainer Henry Dyer's belief that she's a Group 1 horse and, of course, dramatically increase her value as a broodmare and almost certainly book her a ticket to Royal Ascot in June. And for Gilding Scaripa, it would catapult him from a wannabe to a contender and set in motion the ride of their life for his ownership group. Maybe the best race of the day, the Oakley Plate. Dream Team Scaripa, a lot of people tip in. It's a great price. It What's is. doing in the market? Yeah, no, we just thought it's um, pretty good value. It was sitting around the $9 mark last I looked. It's now 
Yeah, eight, very firm at $8. So, um, yeah, it's good. It's going to have to sit wide and do some wide work, which it hasn't really done be- before, which is my concern. Asfura, big drifter, out to $10. Yeah, I think that I could sort of see that based on what everyone was talking about during the week. Didn't really have much redeeming qualities from its last run. Uh, King's Gambit's nice and firm. It's $4.20 with the bookies. And barrier one, that'll be interesting. It'll get back. And um, it does have heaps of talent. I think it's got 50 kilos. So, yeah, I'll be trying to get it to run into some roadblocks. Kingzone, how are you handling yeah. it all, mate? Um, I'm under a bit of pressure, but i got my head down and I'm doing my best to um, grind my way back to victory. So I'm losing, but it, it's, it hasn't been – it's not a disaster. I am definitely uh, can still get out of the day and show a good profit. But this would help. So I bet, um, I bet around the two favourites. I thought King's Gambit was too short. I thought Asfura was, is vulnerable as well and has been very easy in betting. My, um, my main results on Cumin, I took $21, had a good bet on it. I'm also on Hypothetical at $13. I had something on Callus around the $13 mark and Chain of Lightning at 40 So I've gone a bit wider this race and uh, give me some strength because I've been on a heap of seconds and thirds today. So I'm due a bit of luck. What's King Gambit going to do? Barrier one. I love this race. Jumped, Jumped well. Second. Q-Man's up there. Hypothetical's up there. King's Gambit in a difficult spot. Sharipa's gone back to last. It's terrible. Yeah. Completely cast from there. Come on, Q-Man. Keep going. All right, hypothetical Q-Man. King's Gambit trying to get into it. King's Gambit travels nice. Recommended. Come on, Q. Come on, Q-Man. Kick. Kick. Come on, the King's own. Kick. Come on, Q. Oh, outside. I want to be with you, I'm, but I'm not sure. I think it won, but at least I'm on the winner. Wow, another. Maybe it isn't a mock this Saturday sessions. Wow, we got his nose down. The fact that I think it's outside is bad. Yeah. I tell you, that head on then looked like. Oh, I it thought was it was there. I thought it put a lot of I thought nose the outside down. one, but maybe not. Come yeah. on! Ah, you're back. Look at that. The city of churches rises. Wow. <laughs> They'll be partying hard. So much to unpack there. How'd you find that, Kings? It came over from South Australia and ran uh, one at Caulfield last start and ran, ran good time. And I just thought it'd be in that spot which we talked about, which is that beautiful uh, sweet spot at Caulfield, third fence on a hot tempo and got the job done. And King's Gambit got found wanting. The pressure was too much. It did, yeah. yeah. He's... Uh, Hasn't been in some high-pressure stuff before, so, yeah, small fields for it. Asfura a little disappointing. Where'd Asfura finish? Way back. Real wide. Well, it's another one that doesn't like high-pressure races, runs its best race in small fields with no tempo. Is it a life-changer, Shane? Oh, look, you get out of bed every day to train a good horse or get a horse that can win a group race or a group one is just the pinnacle of anything in our sport, isn't it, you know, so... Yeah, I don't know that it'll change too much. I don't know that it'll do anything for me as far as more horses or less horses. And to be honest, it doesn't worry me. You know, I'm happy doing what I'm doing. We have 12, 14, sometimes 16 in work. There's me and Cassie and Vincey Dunlop's home. He does yards and water, ex-jumps jockey. It's, it's a really small team at home. And Justin Potter and Lawrence Diakovic and, and another girl, Kira, that ride work for me. And it's just good for everyone. You know, it's, it's a big kick. 450 grand has just jumped in, Shane. Well it's done, not mate. bad. Thank Congratulations, you. Thanks mate. very much. Thank Great you. Stuff. Boys, let's wrap the day up. Let's start by talking two-year-olds. So some pretty interesting betting moves in the Golden Slipper. Mm. Let's start with 
espionage and straight charge. Espionage, $15 into $9 for the slipper. Straight charge, $17 into $8. Wow. What do we think about that? Anyone? Do you know what time they ran? Don't. No. Okay. Well, obviously, they, from that, they must have run good time. For espionage to firm from 15 into 8 surprises me after not winning at about 280 or $3. Um, yeah, they must have run good time. I haven't, haven't looked or have no idea. But they did look impressive mm. to the eye. Stormboy unchanged at $3. Now, if we move to the Blue Diamond, um, interesting there. Basically, what the market for the Golden Slip is saying is probably what everybody knew anyway, but the Melbourne form is inferior. So, Hayasugi firming from 26 to 21. The big market mover, Coleman, $15. What do you reckon Coleman's out to? 50s. Yeah, exactly that, $51. Wow, okay. Hard to buck. And the interesting one, Lady of Camelot, $11 out of $14, even though she ran very well for second. She did yeah. run and well. That's the greatest sign that they don't respect the Melbourne form. Mm. Um, that is true, but I think uh, $3 um, Stormboy seems pretty short. If they're going to bring two horses in from 15 into eight, let's, let's give Stormboy a little twist. I agree. A bit, bit of 350 But it comes back to what you talked about before the Blue Diamond, the horses who can handle the pressure. Mm. And what the Blue Diamond did show us today is some of those favourites weren't able to handle the pressure, were they? No, exactly. And I can tell you one thing, Stormboy can handle the pressure. And Lady of Camelot did pretty well too because they were going hard up front and uh, she boxed on for second. So I'm not, once again, I'm not sure what time they ran, but she looks like she's... That was a pretty impressive run, I thought. Okay, let's move on to Mr B, Mr Brightside. Firmed a little bit with some bookies into sort of evens 220 for the All-Star Mile, but there's still a bit of 250 around, which is what price he was at the start of the day. I'll just quickly tell you the market outside of that. You've got Pride of Jenny, about five bucks, Attrition, Riff Rocket, Pericles. Pericles was a big firmer, $17 into $12 for the All-Star Mile. Good run, mm. yeah. What do you want to do, boys? Mm. Oh, I can't really comment at the moment, to be honest with you. I... I, yeah, isn't he a great horse, though? Mm. That's what I will say. Um, Riff Rocket's an interesting one. What about Fangirl versus Mr. Brightside, Dream Team? Who would you rather own? Well, a few people have spoken about that. Dry track, I think Fangirl beats anything. Uh-huh. It's the, probably the best horse in Australia on a dry track. Yep. So, yeah, I went there. I think it's, like I said last week, I think it's gone to a new level. Mm. I think Brightside just maintains his super... High class level, which is good, but mm. I think she's gone to a new level. Fan I'm not girl. sure if they'll ever meet because I don't think Mr. Brightside is coming up to Sydney. Okay. It, it depends what race, what, what track they're racing at as well. At Randwick, you'd rather be on Fangirl, but at Caulfield, I'd rather be on Mr. Brightside. You'd love to see Brightside versus Fangirl in the Queen Elizabeth. That would be amazing. Mm, one more time. Let's move on and talk about Randwick horses. Celestial Legend, huge firmer in the Randwick Guineas, $12 into $4.50. This is. The one that you're on last start, King, so you probably don't want to talk about it. Tom Kitten, $4.50 out to 6 bucks. What do you make of that, Dream Team? Look, he hit a, uh, a flat spot, um, but he did actually come again late. So I don't think it was that, that bad of a run. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I didn't think he was suited today. He's getting up to that distance of 1,600, which you like him at. Yeah, and further. So, yeah, um, yeah I, w- I wouldn't give up on him. I, I thought he was going to drop out, uh, but he actually finished fourth, I think we saw. Horses to follow. Have you found many horses to follow, boys? Mate, I've found – yes, I have found one. It's coming out of the – last run was in the Melbourne Cup before winning today in Sydney race five, number eight, more felons, trained by Chris Waller. So uh, UK horse only had two runs in Australia. The Geelong Cup ran a great race, ran fifth in the Geelong Cup and then went to the Melbourne Cup and ran midfield. 
first up today over an unsuitable distance, probably 1,900, and had to go back to the fence where not a lot of winners at all came from, looked inferior part of the ground, really attacked the line. So I think he'll keep improving. We're only in autumn, but could be a long-term bet for a Melbourne Cup. Great. For me, uh, from the Oakley Plate, Shripa uh, fell out of the barriers essentially and I think it finished only a few lengths away. So that was a real hidden run. Uh, totally unsuited today. So you're going to stick fat with Scarippa. I will. Excellent. All right, well, thank you very much for watching. We appreciate your support. We've loved pulling together the Saturday session for you and we'll be back next week on Saturday. Up the den. See you then. Imagine what you could be buying instead. For free and confidential support, call the number on the screen or visit the website.